Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This begins to close the quantitative gap between the Ukrainians and the Russians. In fact, some estimates are now that the Ukrainians have as many tanks on the battlefield as the Russians. Now, the reality here is that many of the tanks the Ukrainians now have are the ones deserted or abandoned by the Russians. So this, this imbalance in quantitative factors like tanks and artillery and so forth is beginning to get righted in the, in the favor of the Ukrainians. Wow! The Ukrainians have as many tanks as the Russians. It was just days ago I was reading all these pieces about this land war, which is going to be something straight out of World War II, really tilts in favor of the Russians because of blah, 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 blah. Guess not. Well, uh, yeah, that would be more exciting if, and and it reminds me, we ought to talk to Mike Lyons again, but uh, as Mike Lyons made clear in one of our previous conversations, these Russian tanks suck. They're terrible. They're getting blown apart like crazy. He was mystified. He said, that's not supposed to happen to tanks. Well, at least both sides got the same tanks, but the Ukrainians having the same number of tanks, plus all the other stuff that we're giving them, including many weapons that are seen as game changers by a lot of your military analysts out there. I agree with the idea that we need to start talking about winning, the Ukrainians winning, and us supporting them until they do win, which I guess is kind of what... Sec Def Austin was talking about? 
Uh, yes, indeed. And, and the voice you just heard was Lieutenant General Doug Lute. And we'll get back to, uh, the Lutemeister, the looter, um, and his description of the weapons on the field. But first, the big quote from Secretary Austin. Why don't we hear that? We want to see Russia, uh, uh, weakened, uh, to the degree that it can't, uh, do the kinds of things that, uh, it has done, uh, in, in invading Ukraine. So specifically at the highest level, we're saying we want to weaken the Russians. And then the Secretary of State, did he go too far? Some people think he did in stating, look, Ukraine is going to be around long after Putin is gone, which is not quite stating the goal is regime change, but it is talking about Putin being gone. Uh, Well, it doesn't bother me, but he is allegedly sick and bloated is Putin. By the way, my new band, the Bloated Putins, just had our first uh, rehearsal last night. Went pretty well. Pretty well. The Bloated Putins. Anyway, back to Ukraine. Can uh, we open up as the, what are we going to call ourselves? The, uh, what's that ghost weapon? Oh, the Phoenix Ghost. Yeah, the Phoenix Ghosts are going to open up for you. The Bloated yeah, Putins. Okay. Um, the Wall Street Journal, the editorial board, had the article yesterday, The Stakes in the Battle for the Donbass. Over the weekend, a Russian general talked on Russian television about the plan to grab all of Ukraine south. So did he let the cat out of the bag? The classic gaffe, as they say, accidentally saying the truth. As uh, as Putin has been claiming, no, they're just trying to rescue the eastern portion with the Russian speaking. And, and the general saying over the weekend, no, 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 we're, we're going to take the entire south of Ukraine, which would end up being like a third, a quarter to a third of the entire country. So that's what's at stake over the next couple of weeks in this battle. By the way, I saw the second-in-command there at Secretary of State. He was on one of the shows yesterday. I was going to mention his name. Let me find that for you. Hey, while you're doing that, uh, you set up perfectly uh, clip number 34. uh, Back to General Doug Lute. I think Kiev is beyond their means. They simply can't. Uh, they can't seize Kiev. They can't replace the Zelensky government. Uh, I think they're still looking for opportunities to figure out what their goals are. They're sort of making it up as they go along. Putin is trying to, trying to assess what might be possible. He's looking for opportunities, and he'll grab the first good one available. Right now, there don't seem to be many good opportunities for Vladimir Putin. So we have complained that our Secretary of State and our National Security Advisor sound like wusses. They sound like academic wusses, and I think that absolutely matters when you're at war. You need somebody who sounds like a leader who sounds tough, like President Zelensky does, as opposed to, well, I think maybe we should. We don't want to anger, but we they just they have the wrong everything, as far as I'm concerned. Yesterday on... I think it was Face the Nation. They had this guy, John Finer, who I'd never seen before, the deputy national security advisor. And I really, his look and tone was way better. So get Abe Lincoln out of there. Bring in his underling, who actually sounds like he has testicles and might actually, you know, fight if he were pushed far enough. We need more of that. I like uh, Secretary Austin's voice. At least he sounds like he could do something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the idea of somebody with a little hair on their knuckles representing the country, but uh, not to overstate it. I mean, it's not a hockey game. But um, uh, this new guy, uh, I, I don't know the cut of his jib. I haven't uh, witnessed his act. I hadn't either, but I liked him a lot better. Get get the, get the wusses out. Get the academic wusses out of there. And get some men, manly men in there. It sound like they're actually there to, to, to kick some ass. 
You're looking for like an Ernest Hemingway type character who says he can out drink, out fight, and out blank any man in, the, in this exactly. bar, that sort of thing. Wow, okay. So what I want you to lead with on Face the Nation. A little more Teddy Roosevelt and a little less Mr. Rogers. Yeah, huh? exactly. Perfectly Thank said. You. Thank you. I'm here all week. Hey, uh, more on the Ukraine situation, some interesting developments. We and our friends are arming the hell out of them. Uh, but first, a quick word from our good friends at Simply Safe Home Security, beloved sponsor of the Armstrong and Getty Show. I got to admit, I knew about the great cameras and sensors to protect against break ins and fires and randos stealing your packages and all that stuff. They have monitoring systems that can detect water. In your basement, like Terry left the town for the weekend for her daughter's wedding, sensors went off, simply safe alerted her, hey, you got water starting in your basement, and they stopped it in time preventing goodness knows how much damage. Oh, yeah. So one of the many things that Simply Safe can help you with protecting against a flood. With a comprehensive Simply Safe system and 24-7 professional monitoring, you can have someone always looking out for you for less than a dollar a day. Take it from me. Look into the wireless outdoor camera. I want to know if some scumbag is stealing my kids' bikes, right? You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. They're super helpful people, too. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So we sent our Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State right into Kiev on a train from Poland. I don't know how bold that is at this point. Uh, Russia has bombed rail lines in five different places today. I'm guessing to try to disrupt the flow of arms coming into Ukraine. As it was announced over the weekend, we're supplying Mariupol. How the hell are we getting weapons into Mariupol? Uh, that's a great question. And and again, I say, uh, mind your own business. As long as it's working, let's not worry about it. Hey, uh, it's funny. When you said that our, our, our boys, uh, our two sects, uh, made it, that sounds like I'm saying sex, S-E-X, S-E-C apostrophe S, our two secretaries. Uh, they went in via train, and the next day, Putin bombs the hell out of a bunch of rail facilities. Isn't that a little, hey, I could have killed y'all, but I didn't. Might be. Keep in mind, we have lethal force, too, over here. I wonder. That seems like a bit of a gesture, although there are plenty of strategic reasons to take out, uh, you know, rail facilities, too. It's hard to say when you're all bloated. I, the Putin's pic- bloated. I think he's got the Parkinson's. So you watched the video. He doesn't look, I did, yeah. He doesn't look bloated in the stills, but I could believe that he was wobbly. Yeah, he was wobbly, and, and again, the, the weird facet of this video, it was 12 minutes long, talking old old man Shoigu, the Secretary of Defense, or Minister of Killing Poor Ukrainians, or whatever his title is, um, and he sits down, Putin sits down at the table, and he grabs the table with his right hand. In a weird way, he grabs the side of the table, and he holds on to the table the entire 12 minutes, which is just body language segment, getting back to O'Reilly. Uh, his infamous segment. But uh, that's the sort of thing you would do if you had an uncontrollable tremor in your right hand. Hmm. And uh, Ian Bremmer tweeted out a picture of Putin looking very stressed and, 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 and strange body posture sitting at a table. He's got to be stressed. I mean, he'd have to be a sociopath to not be stressed. Yeah, and he might be that anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe his... His self-image or his goal for himself has gone from being hailed as one of the great Russian leaders of all history, and Russians know their history, to I'm in danger of killing my country. 
I'm in danger of being the greatest fool and villain in Russian history. I don't think there's any avoiding it at this point. I don't know how he hasn't come to that conclusion. There's no way out of this. Well, which brings us neatly to the question of when uh, when this horror might end and how it might end. And Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation was talking to the uh, Ukrainian uh, prime minister who was talking about that. Uh, give us clip uh, 45, Michael. Do you believe the U.S. wants Ukraine to fight to a stalemate or to actually defeat Vladimir Putin, to actually win? I personally think that it's impossible to win the war uh, with, uh, in, in the battle with a uh, nuclear uh, state. We may protect democracy in Europe, on the, our continent, in the world, but I think that this war should be finished uh, when we uh, clean our territories from uh, Russian occupants. So that's victory. They would have to clean out the Russian occupiers. And then uh, in the next clip, the only way to end the war, 46. Are you saying that a full withdrawal of Russian troops is the only way to end the war? I think yes. If uh, Russians will leave territory of Ukraine, if we will uh, have uh, guarantees of safety for our country, from our partners, if we will have possibility to recover our country and uh, using uh, Russians' frozen uh, assets. Can Ukraine continue to command the attention of the world while this is going on? If the next two weeks are crucial, like a lot of people say, well, then maybe the Ukrainians get the better of the Russians and it starts to tilt in their favor. That would that would help a lot. But if it ends up in just the grinded out, it's going to take months or years or decades. I don't know how long the sanctions last and how long people pay any attention. Right, right. Yeah, I wonder, because on either side, if there can be victory for either side, uh, the mopping up part that he was just discussing, cleansing the territory of the occupiers, that could take generations right um hot or not at armstrongandgetty.com we have the picture of newly re-elected french president emmanuel macron with his shirt unbuttoned clear down to his belt practically like it's 1978 and you're flipping through playgirl and it's an official picture put out by his photographer days before a close presidential election like this is the the last second Hey, why wouldn't you vote for me pick that he puts out, his own people put out, of him with his shirt unbuttoned all the way down to his waist? We. So is that hot or not? Want to hear that? (laughs) Text line 415-295-KFTC. And an unintentionally hilarious opinion piece in the Washington Post I want to mention. Ooh, and Elon Musk is very close to fully buying Twitter, according to the New York Times, (laughs) moments ago. So stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Barry Obama, Hawaiian-American, is out with his newest screed of nonsense, and boy, oh boy, is he full of crap. Making a bunch of high-dollar... Yeah, that's the guy. uh, Making a bunch of uh, high-dollar speeches. I'm going to take him on. Stay with us. I'll listen to what he has to say if I see the long-form birth certificate, but not until... Oh, wow. He went there, folks. (laughs) 
Um, according to the New York Times, we are hours away from Elon Musk being the owner of Twitter. The agreement still might fall apart, but what initially seemed like a highly improbable deal appears to be nearing the end game in the next couple of hours on this Monday. Elon Musk offering $54.20 a share because he likes anything that's four twenty. The stock did rise 4% on the news and is up to about fifty one twenty three. so the stock's still below his offer. Um, and there you go. And what this is, Elon must think it's important. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. He's trying to get to Mars. He's running the most, the most valuable car company in the world, etc. He's got eight kids and a crazy girlfriend. But, um, he must think it's important to run Twitter. So we'll see what happens. Eh, interesting. That'll lead beautifully into the whole Obama thing coming up next. Could be a bit of a dog catches the car thing. I wonder, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I found this kind of amusing. I don't know if you knew this. You probably didn't. The New York Times has hired a new top editor. The Washington Post media columnist, so their rival, the Washington Post, decided to comment on the New York Times having a new top editor. Uh, Byron York tweeted out, he's with the Washington Examiner and a conservative, he tweeted out... Um, Washington Post saying, will he have the courage to take on Republicans? <laughs> Which is really funny. So here's what he act- here's what the Washington Post guy actually wrote about the New York Times. Our very democracy is on the brink, and how the Times covers that existential threat is of extraordinary importance, especially as crucial elections approach this fall and in 24. Will the paper's coverage forthrightly identify the problems posed by a radicalized Republican Party that is increasingly dedicated to lies, bad faith attacks, and the destruction of democratic norms? Or will it try to treat today's politics simply as a result of bipartisan polarization? Will it try to cut the situation straight down the middle as if it were still the old days, an era that no longer exists? What what New York Times have you been reading for the last five years that leads you to the belief that they're going too easy on Republicans? Washington Post. You know, this is interesting because the the New York Times has struck me as more reasonable of late. And the Washington Post has gone wildly hair-on-fire progressive. Yeah, I would say the, the New York Times has moved toward more reasonable coverage, but they spent a lot of years running with every freaking rumor that happened as the front page, top of the fold story, as if it were fact. Remember when we had Laura Logan on said you could you can read a New York Times front page story and not find a single fact in the story. Uh, mm-hmm. They did that for all that time, and the Washington Post is really worried they're going to be too soft on Republicans. I think I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be all right. I think the New York Times will. Do a plenty fine job of attacking Republicans. Boy, boy, that's just crazy. I talk. know it. The idea, God, the 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 one sideism, and I guess I don't know either. They're crazed with uh, partisan fervor, or they're just ready to. Uh, I was going to say lie, litigate a case the way an attorney in the courtroom does. If uh, I don't want my offense attorney saying to the prosecution, you know, they've got some really good points about Joe with the gun in his hand and the rest of it. No, that's not your job. So they're either liars or they're just partisan litigators, but the hilarious notion that only the right has engaged in misinformation and dirty dealings and the rest of it, I mean, it's just, it is borderline hilarious. It's the subject of what we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. Right. 
Our uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. Our website is armstrongandgetty.com, and that's where you can grab the podcast if you ever miss an hour of the show. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock Technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Michael McCall on Fox News Sunday, which apparently still exists without Chris Wallace, who is now jobless, uh, talking about uh, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, who has the uh, the uh, duty, the responsibility of managing the damned border. He's very frustrated. Um you know, when he went down to the border and Border Patrol agents turned their backs on him, that 
is is really humiliating for a secretary of homeland security and then you you listen to jay johnson who i worked with when i was chairman of homeland security who i have a lot of respect for saying that it, man, if i had a thousand coming over a day that was a really bad day but now they got seven thousand a day and he says in his words that not only can catholic charities and board patrol not handle this and they're overwhelmed but he also says that that the biden administration politically is going to be overwhelmed so you got alejandro mayorkas who knows he has a disaster on his hands drinking all day he hasn't bathed in weeks from what i hear it's just it's terrible um but if you don't watch fox news you don't read the new york post maybe you listen to us or something there's damn good chances an american you're utterly unaware of the crisis on the border it's starting to leak into mainstream coverage but just a bit it just occurred to me as the number three issue according to pollsters for american voters and setting records we haven't seen for decades i don't think i've heard a word about it on face the nation meet the press abc this week not one word on illegal immigration Hmm. Scanning my memories, I don't recall anything recently either. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, keep that in mind as we discuss, and and going to be quoting here from uh, something Byron York wrote in the Washington Examiner about Obama, Barack Obama is going around giving these big speeches, high profile speeches about the threat of disinformation in America. Uh, former Obama advisor David Axelrod held a conference on disinformation and the erosion of democracy. He runs the University of Chicago Institute of Politics now. It's a, it's a big deal. Obama did a speech at Stanford the other day, um, and it's right in the midst of tech country, right? Not an accident. Um, he spoke about how tech really has to play a role in massaging the information Americans keep because of the, the dirty, dirty right. Uh, and then the conservative America and the misinformation they're heaping on people. And certainly, you know, on the right side of the aisle, there's plenty of crap and misinformation. But the idea that it's just one sided is incredibly dishonest. And I just it, it galls me when somebody like Obama passes themselves off as the great fair minded arbiter of, of what's good and holy for America. Look, we're pitching a point of view around here. OK. I don't, I don't hide it. I'm not ashamed of it, but we don't claim to be some King Solomon on his throne either. And it just bothers me when people are dishonest about what they're doing. Uh, so Obama makes the point that, uh, Vlad Putin invading Ukraine isn't happening in a vacuum. Autocrats and aspiring strongmen have been emboldened around the globe. They're actively subverting democracy. They're ignoring international law. And right here in the United States, We just saw a sitting president deny the clear results of an election help incite a violent insurrection in the nation's nation's capital. You know what? It's a fair point. Not only that, but a majority of his party, including many who occupy some of the highest offices, continue to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the last last election. And there's some doing that. But again, uh, I don't think that's healthy. And I wish people would uh, be a little more judicious about it. Uh, But then he calls upon Silicon Valley to really take a look at the information people get. And then uh, Obama, who Byron York points out, just turned 60 last year. He he goes into this uh, jag of uh, nostalgia for a rosier past. If you're watching TV between 1960 and 90, he said, and he mentioned, I dream of Jeannie and the Jeffersons. Chances are you're watching one of the big three networks and 
while there weren't enough women and people of color on TV, we did have a shared culture. When it came to the news, at least, citizens across the political spectrum tended to operate at least sharing a set of facts. What they saw, what they heard from Walter Cronkite or David Brinkley or others, he said. And then uh, uh, Byron York makes his main point, which I loved. It was a classic liberal boomer lament, a desire for a past before the arrival of Rush Limbaugh and talk radio and the Internet and Fox News, developments that gave conservatives a greater voice in the political world. And, of course, it's entirely ahistorical. What Obama's trying to say is that uh, the appearance of of these conflicting voices, these conservative voices, have brought us the conflict and the Sturm und Drang of the modern world. And uh, York points out, um, there were horrifying conflicts in America, on and off, pretty constantly, before any of that stuff started. 1968, anybody? Race riots? A A bombing a day in the early 70s by domestic terrorists? Anybody? No. Good point. Nevertheless, Obama looked back to a day when people were happy not knowing what they didn't know. And he goes on that riff for a while. But Obama even felt nostalgic about the beginnings of social media because it gave his prospects a big boost. In the early days of the Internet and social media, there was a certain joy in finding new ways to connect and organize and stay informed. There was so much promise. I know I was there. And then he credited uh, the Internet for getting him elected, which, you know, to a large extent, that's true. Um, and then he, uh, he talks about misinformation, but there's more to the story, writes York. In recent years, our politics have been plagued by an equally potent, potent form of disinformation coming from the Democratic side, something the Democratic former president left out completely from the Stanford speech. You want to go steal dossier? The well-developed conspiracy? That's a quote between the president-elect and Russia. It falsely alleged that a Putin associate in Russia offered a low-level Trump campaign age a huge bribe. It falsely alleged that Trump fixer Michael Cohen met with the Russians in Plot Prague. Falsely alleged Russian intelligence had a so-called P-tape. Obama's aides thought the Steele dossier was so important that it should be brought to the president's attention. And they actually have, uh, in the book, Russian Roulette, Michael Isikoff and David Korn wrote. It's actually pretty amusing. Uh, when they briefed Obama on the whole P-tape, tape thing he said where am i hearing why am i hearing this what's happening what are you people doing is that Um, the best you can come up with we learned later that comey briefed the president so that comey can could leak the president had been briefed on it therefore making it a legitimate news story but it was complete disinformation then later, Obama, well, I'm sorry, and, uh, they, uh, Obama didn't mention Steele dossier, didn't mention gang rape allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, didn't mention the media's role in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop revelations or the spread of the false ac- accusation that the lop- laptop was actually Russian disinformation. And then he goes into a kind of a boilerplate set of uh, we need to strengthen democracy and not weaken it, blah, blah, blah. But the, the way people would sit there and listen to that one-sided partisan crap and think, oh, the great one is uh, delivered the, the, the tablets of wisdom from on, on high. Oh, please spare me. I screwed up. <laughs> what struck me in that story is you saying that Obama just turned 60, which makes him a full 20. He was he's two presidents ago. And he's a full 20 years younger than the current president. That's Mm. unbelievable. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, he is on the younger end of presidents, and Biden's the oldest by far, but wow. So Clinton and Obama, both younger than Biden. Is that right? 
Is Bill Clinton younger than Biden? I think he is. Oh, he, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, Not a lot, but some. Uh, this story came out of CNBC today. Uh, GM is going to come out with an electric Corvette as early as next year. President Biden had spoken of the electric Corvette and how excited he was about it and how much he likes Corvettes. They say it'll go 200 miles an hour, said the president. Tesla already has a uh, sports car that goes 200 miles an hour, but you're not allowed to say the word Tesla if you're the president of the Democratic Party um, because Tesla doesn't have the whole union thing. I always bring this up because it shows you how phony the whole existential threat of climate change is. If you actually thought the planet was going to die and our kids are going to die because of global warming, you wouldn't ignore the only electric car company that actually works because they don't use union members. So they're touting the fact that Corvette might come out with a car that does what a Tesla is already doing. Okay, fine. That, that is a great indictment. I'm sure an electric Corvette would be very cool. It'd be very damn fast. Holy crap. I can't what even am I going to do with a car that can go 200? Rent space at the track once in a while or something? I don't know. It's like a machine gun. You want to fire it. Oh, hey, uh, speaking of electric cars, the head of BMW said some really interesting stuff about EVs the other day, if you want to hear that. Cool. Um, what was the other thing I had I was going to mention? Is there something? I was going to flit it out of my head. This is the downside of being old. Things fall out of your head so quickly. Had a better care. care. That's right. Had a better care. I don't remember. It'll come to me. Probably. We're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. No, I have to be here. The folks might. You with your flitting. I don't know. They're tired of it. They've had enough. Contractually obligated to be here is the way it works. Jeez, it was a good tease, too. I'd crafted it in my head, and it's just oh, gone. damn it. You it's know, I read a, a great criticism of Biden, Biden's speaking style, and, and it goes through it, and it's it's great. It's like uh, when we analyzed how uh, insipid Kamala was, and once, once you're more aware of the sorts of insipid she is, it makes it even more fun to listen to her speak. But this criticism of Joe Biden speaking, it went beyond the obvious. Um, it got into the uh, angry old man thing and the let me repeat that, and they said, don't. Don't repeat that. We heard it the first time. Quit talking down to people. But it feels like elder abuse. I don't know. The Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, has made a statement today. I want to be clear. Russian actions are responsible for this. Talking about the increasing food prices. So they're still going with Putin's price hike. I seem to remember us talking about how amazingly expensive groceries were before Putin went into Ukraine. I believe we've been talking about how expensive bacon is in particular for quite some time. But the Secretary of the Treasury doubling down on that whole thing. I guess if you say it long enough and to enough people, people that aren't paying attention, nah, people pay attention to their groceries. I think everybody's aware of this. Yeah, I think they're trying to pull a gurring, but it's not working because people are aware that meat prices skyrocketed. Hey, look, if you want to say COVID was a significant part of it, it was. Sure. And and, and the Russia thing, uh, Russia-Ukraine thing, absolutely part of it. But pouring trillions of unnecessary dollars into the economy was a huge part of it, too, you lying liars. Yeah, well, experts think about 3% of the inflation is that. Anyway, other stuff on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
last one still stinging. Well, it's all over but the shouting. Or it's not over and it's still going on. I don't really care. But don't we all remember fondly the week we shared together following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard poop show? Great, Scott. Enjoyed this. You were drinking pretty heavily. Were you there? Let's pull up Exhibit 500. Like the sequel, I lied to. Can't say that you carried cocaine in that box. No, but it looks like it would fit some cocaine. I once gave Marilyn Manson a pill so that he would stop talking so much. (laughs) You poured yourself a a mega pint of red wine, correct? A mega pint. Yeah. Sometimes drink whiskey in the mornings too, right? Isn't happy hour anytime? Wow. If you're being accused of being a violent drunk, joking about drinking whiskey in the morning, I don't think is the best angle to go with. Yeah, yeah. And whoever put that together was amusing, but the music was too loud. The trial is... Mixing. The law started mixing, Jack. What do you have to say on that topic? The testimony is still going on. I can attest to that because I just saw this quote, which we're grabbing. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Uh, A colorful quote from Johnny Depp describing Amber Heard. We'll get that on maybe hour four. I hope it's not unkind. If you don't get hour four, you can grab it later via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com, or wherever you like to get podcasts. So the uh, head of BMW is on uh, this big panel talking about cars and electric cars and the other... Uh, Bavarian sort of Motor Works? That's right. That is right, actually. Um, and he cautioned, his name is Oliver Zipsy, or Zips. He cautioned that automakers should not get too reliant on EV strategies that only work in select markets. Quote, when you look at the technology coming out, the EV push, we must be careful because at the same time, you increase dependency on a very few countries. Oh, what do you mean, sir? EVs are primarily popular in highly developed markets like China and Europe, and they depend on raw materials that flow mostly through China. And as the pandemic and current trade sanctions on Russia show, depending too much on any one set of market conditions or a single chain in the supply line can be dangerous. Oh, wow, a little perspective. So electric vehicles aren't just uh, unicorns sent by Jesus to, to ride us around all day with no damage to the environment. In an industry that has plans years out to make sure new products arrive in a market suited for them, betting everything on one outcome is a really risky strategy, they point out. Serious disruption in charging infrastructure rollout, mm. manufacturing capacity, raw materials could tank a brand's entire EV portfolio sales. If China, for instance, says, you don't get any more lithium. We don't like you ch- challenging us in the South China Sea. You don't get any more, you know, whatever rare metal is involved. Unobtainium. Exactly. And so if that happens, Zipsy says an automaker needs an offer to offer an alternative or risk losing customers are good. Quote, if someone cannot buy an EV for some reason but needs a car, would you rather propose he continues to drive his old car forever? If you're not selling combustion engines anymore, someone else will. I liked what he was saying, betting everything on a single technology or a single supply chain we now know is just crazy. And the fact that the electric car supply chain depends so much on evil and malign regimes is just, that feels really, really iffy. Yeah, I don't know as much about the rare metals. I'm learning more about it. But the whole availability of charging stations is a real thing, and I just feel like nobody's addressing that. All right, go ahead. 
Um, did you watch, how much of 60 Minutes did you watch last night? Did you see the Osama, Osama Bin Laden part? I did. I found it really interesting. Oh, I thought it was fascinating. The long and short of it, correct me if I'm wrong, the long and short of it is he was, Al-Qaeda was way less of a threat, and Osama Bin Laden was way less powerful than we were acting like through the early 2000s for a long time. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. He was on the run during the time that we were all scared that at any moment the genius mastermind was going to launch another attack. He was in contact with nobody for three years after 9-11. Yeah, he was hiding under his bed for years. So that's way different than what we were thinking. And he finally put out a letter saying, uh, hey, guys, here's what you ought to do. And uh, what was his plan again? He was well, he's going to crash some trains, which they didn't well, get into right, on 60 yeah. Minutes. I thought, okay. I mean, that'd be bad for the people on the train, but you're going to kill hundreds of people in a train crash. Okay, I'm not sure that's going to bring you what you want. And then the the ending, to skip to the end, was he was questioning the whole jihad thing by the end of his life, shortly before we put a bullet in his eye. He was questioning, ah, is this really going to work? Is this a good idea? I I don't even know if I know anymore. Yeah, having witnessed the Arab Spring, he was like, wow, those people just kind of rose up against the great oppressors because they wanted to and have had enough. I wonder if I shouldn't bomb any more churches. Oh, the other thing that really struck me about it, and we were talking earlier about the new, uh, what is it, direct action everywhere or whatever, new animal rights lunatics. These are the people uh, pasting themselves to basketball courts and chaining themselves to hoops. For some reason, they've targeted the NBA. Chick ran on the court dressed as a ref the other day, which is kind of funny. Uh, but they, like Osama, want to be seen as the big agitator. They're the big thumb in the eye of the great Satan. Not not ISIS, not these other groups. It's us. It's us. Because that's when you get the contributions. You've got to be seen as the leader to keep the checks flowing in. Right-wing talk show host compares animal rights activists to Al-Qaeda. Yeah, I did. I'll compare a snake to a beaver, too, if you want. The one's hairy, the other isn't. I've always loved that. He compared him to Hitler. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good person, and Hitler was a bad person. I just compared him to Hitler. Or contrasted him, if you will. Fake outrage. Oh, it tires me out. So any hour, Elon Musk's going to become the owner of Twitter, it looks like. And I saw one take that I really uh, liked was, how about we all wait and see? And if he makes it better, yay. If it gets worse, boo. <laughs> Let's, why, why the excitement and outrage? What kind of idiot are you? No, you screech indignantly about things that might happen. You announce how they're clearly the end of civilization. <laughs> they're a right-wing plot. And, and you just you cry all day. You take a bunch of Oxycontin. Dull your mind. You cry all day. Awesome. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.